Speaking of audacity, there was like, you know, yet another uh, viral Karen video. Someone hilariously commented on the video because the Karen in question was wearing like a leopard ensemble, like a leopard print situation. (laughs) So everybody was commenting on the outfit. And then this person was like, I guess audacity was on sale along with that outfit. I don't so like that is the funniest thing all right people are funny anyway how are you i'm good i saw your bro is 40 fuck yeah i'm feeling feeling big things i have a lot to talk about in therapy this week yeah my bro is 40 yeah and it does i know like it's it's not about me but it also becomes about you like when it's your sibling (laughs) you're like 40 wow you know yeah i'm sure i've told you this story a bajillion times but when my dad turned 40 i called him old and he cried (laughs) i i do remember that story but it never gets less funny well it's really not funny now because it's It's like shit that's within spitting distance yeah and I told him he was old, of, yeah, and he clearly that's... was having a very real midlife crisis when I told him that. And... Do you remember? I don't know if you remember, but there was a, a choice quote from you uh, from when we were like seventeen, or maybe like we were in our early twenties. But we were just talking about like how you know aging is like we can't imagine being like the age that we are now. And you said, you said, yeah, I look at people who are 35 and I just think to myself, damn, your life is over, kid. I don't remember that. For and some reason, like I never, so I up. never forgot that's you so saying that. I'm glad I don't remember saying that. God has blessed me with a really fucked up memory. So, well, happy new year. Came in with a bang, didn't we? Literally. Yeah, we were we intended to come back a couple of weeks ago, but um, we ended up taking about a month off and uh, we missed we missed doing this big yeah, time. Yeah, I did miss it. What are we talking about today, <laughs> Mia? We're talking we're talking about <laughs> one of my oldie but goodie favorite films, Love and Basketball. Hashtag formative media. Hashtag gay origins. Hashtag by origins. I would say this is one of the most bisexual inspiration movies on the face of the earth. Oh, you have to explain more about what you mean by that. But oh, just like, you know, as a bisexual person, just like, oh, my God. Oh, oh which one God, do I oh lust for more? Like, I get ha- you. Which one? Which one? Which I get you. One? I get you. And I have to believe that, like, it was intentional. Like, got to believe it was intentional on the part of the filmmakers. Yeah, there's so much. Um, yeah. Hotness in that film. Mm. It's interesting because I <sighs> saw it senior year of high school. Then I made it a big focus of um, like papers I wrote my freshman year of college, like I took a gender studies class and I was like, love and basketball. Let's talk about gender tropes. And then, um, you know, fast <laughs> forward 20 years later and, um, you know, the movie's actually trash in a lot of ways. And if you, if you, <laughs> if you just like go on Twitter, like there are so many people that are like, who are you simpletons who lift up this film because this film is trash. <laughs> and I'm like, I hear you. I hear you. And. It's enjoyable it's trash. Enjoyable. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, we, when, yeah, yeah. When we get to the end, when we talk about the ending, I mean, there's just so much hate for the ending. 
The end, yeah, the end I, I can understand, but there's a good stretch of the movie where it's it's arguably perfect, like in the way of like, you know, a rom would you call it a rom com? I don't know if I would call there's it no a rom com. There's no com, you know? There's no com. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, apart from Omar saying ridiculous mm. shit sometimes. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Why she got to be a hoe? Because she wanted <laughs> Shawnee Easton with the big ass titties. <laughs> My, this is, you know, what's crazy about that is that I love, like, first of all, I love how he gets excited. He's like, oh, the big ass titties. But then cut to like Gabrielle Union, like could not be the opposite of big ass titties. Like, could you have like gotten the casting together a bit or like given her a push up bra or like given her something like. If you promise, Ooh. if you promise big ass, and and I love Gabrielle Union, like, don't get me wrong, love her, love her, love her, love her, love her, but like, come on, like, if that, if that's in the script, like, you gotta deliver the big ass titties. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's the only uh, bone to pick. It's not the only Well, it's, it's, it's similar, similar to the moment to where she says, look at that booty. I just want to lick the sweat off of it. And it's yeah. like, there's no yeah. booty there. It's like, it's like you, can't, you can't even see it. It's in like basketball shorts and it's like amorphous. Like you can't, you know, just like, okay. Well, we've gotten to the, to the vulgar bits pretty quickly, <laughs> but, but let's back, let's, let's back it up. And sure. Well, this is like, I mean, it's pretty class. It's, it's a classic storyline. And I feel like it's, it's very much catered to Meal and Howard's taste because it's, you know, it's about, uh, two kids. Uh, the girl moves in. Ne- are they next door? Or like, be- they're next I think door. They're, yeah, right? they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or are they like back behind each they're next, other? They're, they're next door. Kind of There's a couple of scenes where you see like their windows. Yeah, or their bedroom windows yes, are next door. To each yes. Other. And uh, you know, we open on like little boy playing basketball with his bros. If you can call them bros at that age, they were like what ten in that scene? No, like twelve. Uh, they're young. They're at a little little adolescents, preteens, um, and uh, this family moves in next door. Um, you know, and then this very tomboyish girl rose up, asking to play basketball with them. They don't know that she's a girl yet because her hair is all bundled up under a baseball cap. You know, trope number one, <laughs> major trope yeah. number one. Um, and then uh, I think she takes her hair down before they start playing, right? Um, and, you know, they get into it. They have a very, you know, competitive relationship. He pushes her down, accidentally hurts her, scars her yes, permanently. Yes, right? Just like he later scars her heart. A scar that... <laughs> scars her on the face, but it looks a little bit like a kiss, which is something I love, wow. actually. He pushes her down and then, you know, the families get to know each other because like he's obviously like has to apologize to her, you know, and all that stuff. And then they become like genuine friends and he asks her to be his girlfriend. That scene is like my favorite scene when he asks her to be his girl and she's like, huh? Because <laughs> she's a tomboy. So she's like, what? what you want to be my girl? <laughs> what? <laughs> what do I have to do? Well, uh, I got to like, you know get you stuff in and when you get mad at me i gotta buy you flowers i don't i don't like flowers what do you want then how about twinkies my mom won't ever buy them uh i think we got a kiss now like what anyway uh but you know like basically like from there uh they, they like they're, they're 
their relationship, I'm putting that in quotes, like quickly dissolves within that scene. And then they're back to like being at each other's throats in this playful, like pulling each other's pigtails on the schoolyard kind of way. Um, and they stay friends, you know, for for a long time. And uh, the movie like jumps ahead until like end of mm-hmm. high school, senior year of high school. They're both, you know, pursuing basketball professionally. They really they have dreams of being professional players. Um, and the movie is just really their love story. And it it takes place over a number of years, which is something that you and I both are major suckers yeah. for. I like how they divide they divide the yeah. movie into quarters. Yeah. And I love one thing, one thread in the movie that I forgot about because I hadn't watched it in like over 10 years. One thread that I really forgot about is how the movie really hits on, you know, their parents' relationships and how that informs, like, the way that they both see yeah. relationships, you know, and, and gender roles and all that shit. I want to know about the hate for the movie, <laughs> but we can hold off until later on that. Also, I forgot that um, that Dennis Haysbirth is in this, a.k.a. Allstate <laughs> Dad. Are you in good hands? No. <laughs> Not in this case. <laughs> you know what's kind of fucked up so it's interesting so this is me nerding out a little bit so it's like i was and i wanted to make sure i checked this reference before i like i feel like the college basketball experience for them is like mm-hmm. in some ways the most like important basketball of the film like they play basketball on the court when they're little but then there is some high school yes. basketball fine, but then there's like most of it's this college basketball experience that winds up shaping their shape, shaping, shaping yeah. their lives pretty permanently. Um, yeah. But like college basketball is split into halves, not quarters. And they made a choice to film the movie in quarters. Anyway, it's just like whatever. Interesting. That is that is that is a very nerdy observation. Kudos. Okay, so beginning, so beginning, <laughs> the movie begins. Girls can't play no ball says one Quincy <laughs> I love McCall, Quincy the boy McCall. who plays young Quincy I know he, yeah Quincy McCall yeah. that's right because he's like he's perfectly cast because he makes the same faces as Omar Epps so I also love little Quincy mostly because he's definitely the type of boy that I would have had a crush on in middle school Aww, and yeah. he was perfectly cast yeah. as an asshole and yes <laughs> Uh, and he reminds me of someone. We went, he reminds me of someone we went to middle school with in particular. I yeah. knew you were going to say and, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I and I think and I mean and I, and I think it was hard for me to like admit I had a crush on because like he was such an asshole, and he used to pop and he used to pop my yeah. bra strap in class like a total like a like a total oh! dick. Oh, little like an adolescent <laughs> like, like like a little douchebag. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I guess girls can't play no ball. Candy Girl <laughs> from New Edition like drops in the background. Yes. Iconic. The soundtrack. Iconic. The soundtrack. The soundtrack. I, know, like, I love the film. And then I also just have a separate love for the music. It's so fucking good. And it was one of the first movies to like play 80s R&B from like a nostalgia perspective. Yeah. And so for me, there were songs on there like yes. I Like by Guy, which is like one of my favorite fucking songs. Mm. That like that like I hadn't Same. heard yeah. since I was a kid until I watched that movie, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> um, and then you you already <laughs> mentioned how he like shoves her to the ground pretty early on in their 
competitive <laughs> basketball playing. And actually, when you so you really focused on like the scar element, but like I always get really captivated mm-hmm. by like how he looks and feels after he drops her to the ground. Like he looks traumatized. <laughs> He's like horrified that he did that to her. I yeah. know. I just I I like Quincy a lot as a character. I think the the film does the film is pretty would you agree that the film is pretty well balanced just in terms of like POV kinda? You know what I mean? Like do you do you feel like you get a good sense of both of their emotional worlds? Yeah, yeah, I would say really? that. Um but yeah, but early on in the film we first see their relationship start to blossom and then you start to see how she's um not really accepted for who she is by her by her mom in particular bringing back more black woman mother tropes that are traumatizing um then she says to her she needs to stop running around like a little boy i'm like alfrey woodard i hate you also like the putting the nail in the coffin is like she has this like uber femme sister who is like very well accepted you know, uh, played by baby Who Regina Hall. Regina Hall is like baby. literally perfect. I did. I, I love her so, so much. much. She's literally perfect. And so she like is. seeing how she's seeing who she's and become also, as an actress, like since that film is so exciting to so now go back and watch yeah. it. It is. Yeah. It really is. And what's crazy is I didn't even I, it took me a good minute to realize it was her because she looks like such <laughs> a baby in uh-huh. the movie. I was like, wow, her her face really like changed in the next couple years after this oh. movie. Like she's she's got a total baby face in that movie. She's a little child. Yeah. She's Can't the cutest. Deal. But yeah, she's a great and I love how supportive she is of Monica. I know like, she's a really she's good big great. sister. So parallel to this conversation that Monica's mom is having with her about not being a boy. Um, or looking around running around like a little boy or whatever she says, that's so gross and just sad. You know, then there's the parallel scene in uh, the McCall home <laughs> where uh, Allstate dad's like, boy, what did I tell you about using that word? <laughs> and you think he's going to talk about shit because he, he, he just said shit. But no, he's like, can't shouldn't be in a man's vocabulary. And why not? <laughs> Allstate dad, toxic masculinity. <laughs> he's like, can't you ain't a man. <laughs> You have seen this many, many times, if that isn't abundantly clear. But but, but honestly, of all those early scenes with the parents, like my favorite is when, um, what is her real name? The uh, McCall's, uh, Quincy's mom, the actress. I know. I I always forget her name and I looked it up when I was watching it and I immediately forgot it again. Debbie Morgan. But anyway... When she's like <laughs> describing the changing demographics of the neighborhood, and she's like, "That's before the oh black people God. down the street became the black people next door." Okay, <laughs> it's so embarrassing. It's, it's such so an funny. awkward scene. The way the look on like Alfre Woodard's face, it's just like uh, like awkwardly hold, holding. Did she bring over a pie? Yeah, I can't remember. yeah. She brought, she brought over a cake up. or a pie. Yeah. <laughs> she's just like, "What?" <laughs> right. She's like, "What is happening?" <laughs> What is happening? But, you know, after that, you already mentioned, you know, uh, Quincy responds to the realization that someone who holds a passion for basketball like he does, but also has a vagina, should be his girlfriend. Um, The quarter Mm -hmm. ends, you know, and now all of a sudden we're in the high school years and the high school years Uh. begin with the iconic, iconic, iconic MC Light song, Light as a Rock. 
Um, oh, which to your Lord. to your point around bisexual origins, I wrote down the lyrics because like the lyrics are bisexual <laughs> as hell. You really got academic. No, it's like, do you understand the metaphoric phrase light as a rock? It's explaining how heavy the young lady is. And then fast forward some lyrics later, she says, guys watch even some of the girls watch. And, oh my god and mc light is queer i mean she married a man late in life but she was like understood to be lesbian for like a lot of her career kind of like queen latifah where it was like people knew but didn't talk yeah, about co- it exactly um yeah, yeah. so to your point i mean quarter two is meant to just be like queer origins everywhere right <laughs> literally like the minute they jumped ahead to it being omar epps and sonali and i was just like <laughs> i'm gay for omar it's just, i'm gay for monica somehow somehow gay for omar somehow yeah yeah i just feel so gay because like they they cut to they cut to monica oh, playing monica basketball. monica quarter two basketball and Mm-mm, it's criminal and I'm, like, and I'm like shoot me in the face and then they show omar like leaning up against the wall oh, I know in, his, like, in his in his like in his like basketball and he's watching her and i'm like oh shoot me in the face and he, he's, and I'm he's just, wearing like see, his letterman jacket and just looking all sexy yes. oh, this God. is like this this is the bisexual dilemma this film is the bisexual dilemma and she's so queer in that quarter she's so queer she's so queer <laughs> and can we talk briefly about like how queer her teammates are like once she starts playing in college and how delightful that is and i'm just like yeah every, yes. yes it was a yeah yes. it's just it's just it's a lot it's a lot it's um a lot. so quarter two um she's hoping to get recruited to a top you know women's basketball team you know in college so is quincy and he has to live under the shadow of his dad who is a former professional nba player so in some ways he feels like and who's also all state dad yeah all state it's a lot dad. to live up to, <laughs> to, live up to. <laughs> um i just want to keep going are you in good hands but um <laughs> yes please 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 but uh, please. so you already referenced a little bit but like um well she's 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 playing a big game and scouts are going to be at the game and so she's like anxious and like ready, ready to deliver um, she gets tossed out of the game for like bad behavior or whatever. And, uh, the scouts are watching and she's devastated and she like cries into her Jersey and it's really sad. That scene got me. Yeah. It got me. Uh, Cause I felt everything she was feeling. I well, was cause like, like what? I hopefully anyone, so anyone, anyone who's ambitious or has had a desire or a dream. And then like in that moment where you get some type of sign that your team may not happen. So just like watching that for her is like really, really, really hard because it feels permanent. It's like, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't, it does, if you have an aspiration to play, to play basketball professionally and you don't make it to a college team, like what are your outlets after that? You know, this is also 20 years ago. Right. The film is 20 years ago talking about the state of women's sports 30 years ago. Um, yeah, and so because even the the film the film's time period was pre WNBA. Yeah, exactly. Until the end of the film, exactly, exactly. Right. So it's, yeah. yeah, so it's like talking about the state of sports thirty years ago, and it's like ooh, um, yeah, she didn't have. Yeah, it was really oof. sad. Um, and then Monica's mom in the background is like Monica, Monica, she's behaving horribly, and I'm like, mom, shut the fuck up, like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, like she's upset. Can she not? Can she? Can she be upset? <laughs> Um, 
fast forward to Quincy's main game that's shown during that quarter. And that's where Shawnee Easton wants to lick the sweat off of his booty. And Monica's just there like, what? I'm here to watch the game. Like, please stop. Please stop the madness. But then her eyes drift to the booty for a hot second. They and she's do like, drift to the, they do drift. And after the game, after the game, uh, the news, the news uh, media is there to like ask him if he's going to follow in his dad's footsteps and what team he might play for. His dad wants him to play for an Ivy League team. I think like Princeton, he might have said. And he's like, there's no way an Ivy League team's going to go all the way. Anyway. And then <laughs> Monica shows up and she's like, yo, can I get a ride home? And he says some quip back that I can't remember. That's just like, fuck out, get the fuck out of here. And she's like, look, big head, I'll be at your car. And I love that line. Because <laughs> it just shows. And she just walks out. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. she's just like, I'm not here for your shit. Like, we live next door to each other. <laughs> Take my ass home. Okay. Like, let's go. Yeah. yeah. But then they have that conversation that, that we were talking about in the car where he gets excited about Shawnee Easton's titties, which don't deliver. <laughs> Which are not, yeah, nothing to write home about, TBH. <laughs> love love Gabrielle Union. Of course she's hot, like, but she does not have big ass titties, like. Yeah. Um, but do you not love the letter that Shawnee Easton writes, Q? I think yes! that letter is perfect. <laughs> Q, yes. you are so fine. I've been wanting to get with you. Let me take you to the spring dance, and I promise I will leave you satisfied. And then Monica Spider. goes, Woo, what a hoe. Hoe. I love that. And then Omar Epps delivers the iconic line, why she got to be a hoe, because she want to get with me. <laughs> no, she's a hoe because she's sending her coochie through the mail. Even better, Monica. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. So then, you know, he does go to the dance with Shawnee Easton. And Monica goes with, her older sister's college friend who is Boris Kajo before Boris Kajo became Boris Kajo. Actually, I'm sorry, no. At this point, Boris Kajo had already been on Soul Food. So he was a known hot black actor at the time. I forgot that part. But yeah, they go to the dance and uh, Sanaa Lathan looks fucking amazing. And this is our first time seeing her looking femmy, like presenting, you know, in a femme kind of way. So, of course, Quincy is like, like, you know, he's blown away. Yeah. And Shauna is like, I didn't know Nike made dresses. <laughs> I fucking hate her. She's such an asshole. And the thing is, like, um, the, like you keep you keep prefacing this by saying, like, I love Gabrielle Union. But like for a <laughs> long time, like this was the only role Gabrielle Union ever played in films was like. The sidekick friend that's, <laughs> that's kind of an true. asshole. Like she was in She's All that's That, true. being an asshole. She Ugh. was in She was in Ten Things. Ten Things. Being an asshole as a friend. And so like, I know you can be overwhelmed and I know you can be underwhelmed. But can you ever just be whelmed? I think you can in Europe. Uh, so like, I just thought she was an asshole for a long time. <laughs> like, yes, so did I. Yeah. So did I. But then um, but then she delivered in, in the Bring It Ons as Isis. But she was scary in that too. That. She was scary in that too. Come on. Yeah, she was, but she wasn't like. I feel like in ten things, she's obviously like dim-witted. Like she's supposed to be like dim-witted. That's true. Um, you know. Um, and in in this movie, she's not dim-witted, but like she's an, she's an asshole. She's just like a total asshole. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But in Bring It On, she's like, I think she has a good heart. She's just like, you know, no, shut no. Up I mean, we're, we're, yeah, like, yeah, we're supposed to like empathize with her in that because there's so many racial yeah. issues in the in the yeah. in the <laughs> cheerleading. We should do Bring It On, but anyway, in the cheerleading space, there's obviously tons of racial issues. When um when um the other when, when the other girl from Black remember the music group Black you've been touched by an angel, angel girl. girl is yes, that what you're yes yes <laughs> favorite line such a weird line I'm just like it's weird but like really appropriate and I'm just like I don't know who wrote that you've like been but touched by they deserve an, angel an award girl angel girl and she draws that line out for like three years and it I mean makes it's me like really happy. it's like her one line in the movie so she better fucking make that shit she down. milks it. <laughs> She milks it. Anyway, Gabrielle Union, you've come into your own. I no longer hate you. But like, I, I love this like, major Gabrielle Union detour. We took. Well, she did not expect well, this. I mean, and, I, and I, love, I love her like, I love her like social media persona now. Samzies. Yeah, like I love her yeah, now. Yeah, she's just, she's good, man. She's real good. And she's aging like fine wine. It's like, are you aging backwards? I mean, you know? For fucking real. For fucking real, she could like she could play her like bring it on role right now. I know, and no one would bat an eye. I know they'd be like, sure, she's a she's a high school senior, sure, exactly. Um, um, okay, so yeah, so quarter two, they go to this dance. Um, Monica and Quincy make their way to the dance floor, but dancing with their dates while they continue to eye fuck the shit out of each other in one of the most iconic scenes of the film. I oh. wanna be your man. <laughs> I want to be your man. <laughs> yeah. I also like speaking of tropes, I am a total motherfucking sucker for that trope of when two people who want each other are dancing with other people but looking at each other. Hello, like, the way we were. Par- over their partner's shoulder. Hello, the yeah, way hello, we were. The way we were. <laughs> hello, like every, every fucking every thing. Every high school ever. film isn't ever also, with a dance. <laughs> isn't that also in Dawson's Creek at some point? I believe yes. that's in Dawson's oh, yes. Creek. Oh, yes. Season at some three, point, the, at least the, prom, the prom scene. Yes. 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 yes, yes. Um, okay, so let's fast forward. So they go home from the dance and Yeah. Um <laughs> Mail travels really fast. The dance was like a day after that fucking game. And already she has a letter from USC on her desk, like that they must have hand delivered to her home. Okay. <laughs> but like <laughs> welcoming her. Well, she's not sure yet, but like inside the box or inside the envelope is a offer of admission to play for the women's basketball team. But she can't bring herself to open it. So she asks Q to open it for her because he's just getting home from the dance as well. But then they have this like bitter banter where she like shames him for potentially having sexual relations with Shawnee Easton. Then he feels compelled to tell her that he just took her ass home after he after she told him he was the dumbest brother in the world. And then he tells her, I'm going too. I'm going to USC too. And then they bone. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to them boning. And my favorite, there's so many things I love about that scene because it's so tender. Um, tender love. But, yeah. but I love that she covers up her titties the entire time. Like she's holding her hands over her titties while <laughs> they're fucking. That's like my favorite thing. But it it felt like something about that felt very like of the character. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it just, I don't know. That whole scene fucks me up. So like while they're kissing outside, it's very sloppy kissing that turn. Like I have, I have to look away. It's like, it's like the string of spit in little women. Like I just have to like look away. Uh, 
It's like, why are you kissing so sloppily? Make it stop. Then I love the scene where he pulls down his drawers and she sees his massive penis and yes, and, yes. and she looks like, whoa, like what's that? And he looks like, and yeah. his face is like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, he's like, and he's like, yeah, that's all me, baby. Anyway. And then that's the end of quarter two. Now we're in quarter three. They're in college and they're so cute together. They're like affectionate. And ugh, I love ugh. that scene where they're like rolling around on the lawn. Remember, um, you like put you made a photo meme thing of like my face like supplanted <laughs> over Smalley's face. So it looks so it looks like it Omar Apps is giving me a hug. And it's like, yes, thank you for doing that. Great. Thank you it for great. doing that. Um, um, so now they're in college. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the highlights from this quarter? Um, I just I love seeing them in an established relationship because because they've been best friends for so long. They're in. It's instantly kind of like they're married a little bit. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I also feel like it's 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 I mean, it's her first relationship, but it, it's his first time being with someone like where the relationship is something of sub to, substance. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. So I just love that. I love how they're like instantly like married. <laughs> Me too. They're just walking around campus like they're married. It just makes me happy. But uh, I mean, I don't I, I clearly like don't remember it as well as you do. But I I think uh, obviously like it's it's interesting that it is basketball that pretty much like gets in the way of their relationship, you know, because mm-hmm. um, the so Sonali then uh, Monica's coach is being like so fucking hard on her. She's like riding her really fucking By the hard. way, that coach those- is so gay. But anyway, keep going. So, 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 so homo. Um, yeah, she's super gay and she rides Monica really hard. And it's really hard to watch those scenes. Like, I have a very hard time. Um, and I mean, some of the lessons she imparts are like very good lessons, you know? Yeah. Like, there's that scene where uh, where Monica, like, she makes a shot and she's, like, so proud of herself. Like, the ego kicks in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So she, like, holds a pose, like, a pretty little, like, mm-mm-mm. And then because of that, like, she loses the next whatever. Play. You know? Yeah. She's, I don't, she's, she's late yeah. to the next play and then the other team yeah. scores or something. Yeah. Yeah. And the coach is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> put your ego on pause. Like, we need to actually, like, win this game. Um, but then she makes her hold the paw, the the pose for the rest of practice, which is like brutal to watch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, but it's a lot of it is like so the the coach uh, Monica's coach imposes a curfew on the team, and uh, at the same time, uh, Quincy's parents are having trouble, isn't it? It's revealed that his father is having an affair because his mother like. Did his mother hire a PI or am I making that up? Yeah, his mom hi- yeah, his mom <laughs> like, his, they- his mom hires yeah. a PI, but the reality is they I mean they had problems since he was little. Cuz I feel yeah, like cuz I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. scenes that don't get a lot of attention in earlier quarters are scenes where like he's little and he hears his parents arguing into the night when yeah, they first meet and then even in high school he goes and sleeps on her floor one night when they're up late yep. arguing. And it's always yeah. about basically this power struggle, not power struggle, but the infidelity matters too. But like just her, her mom accepting, okay, basketball's your ambition. I understand that your family's going to come second to that while you're in the NBA. But now that you're retired, your family's still coming second to what she calls his bullshit scouting job. And um, yeah, you know, I'm sure 
all of that culminates in the collapse of their marriage. Yeah. Plus he's cheating and on her. And there's been, um, yeah. And um, I mean, I think it's pretty heavily implied that he has probably cheated on her multiple times before just because it's hard. Well, he's probably had many opportunities because he's a professional basketball player but um i hate that scene where he like just know. he like describes to q like what he's up against he's like oh uh, you, yeah. you know what i'm talking about where he's like uh, there's yeah. there's 15 girls le- like lined up outside of the locker room and then there's five more girls lined up outside your hotel room and then the boldest one she's already inside <laughs> like blah 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 it's like okay cool bro oh, god <laughs> <laughs> cool all state dad <laughs> are you in good hands no um, i'm not <laughs> but anyway like uh so, so i think it's after they they're they're officially getting a divorce right and q has this like awful conversation with his dad um well no because he he comes to his mom and basically his mother has to like show him the evidence like from the pi that the that the father is cheating on her oh yeah wait pause um, because he because q goes yeah. you gonna believe the word is some trick over pop and, st- <laughs> and i was like um yeah, yeah. she she probably should because your dad is like a philandering trash, asshole so. and so-, <laughs> <laughs> so she can't even dignify his like thing with a response she's just like here here are the photos yeah, I love how at the beginning of the scene, like, Q comes out and she, like, is quick to hide them. Yeah. And then, like, minutes later, she's like, fuck this, look at it. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I would do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. To your point around around the emotional world and feeling like it's a balance, like, you get good insight into how both protagonists, like, whatever, react to their world around them. You know, he comes to his girl and he's like, I'm going through this shit, like... I want to talk it through. I want to talk through my feelings. I want to be emotionally open. I want to like not be a toxic masculine dude and just like tell you yeah. how I feel. And she's like, I got to start tomorrow and I got curfew. Yeah, I got curfew. <laughs> but I, so like, it's, I had a hard time with that scene because like, <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like I, I felt for the both of them in that scene. I was just like, yeah. I mean, this coach has been like, has been riding her really fucking hard and she has to make that curfew. Like yeah. I would, I would be torn too, you know? And you would think like, if there's anyone that understands <sighs> that she really is in a, yes, is it would be a, him. I think she even said like, we can talk on the phone. Like when I'm yes. back in my room, like I just need to be back in my room. Right. And he was like, right. And, and, and you can see how that's the moment that like turned him off. And you can also kind of understand that because for him, the differentiating factor here is their best friendship is the fact that their relationship is one of substance and she's not able to like yeah. give him that substance. I mean, ostensibly, I mean, he's being kind of folk, like stubborn and himself and like limiting her in the way that she can show care for him in that moment. But mm-hmm. <laughs> you can see how he just like turns it off. And then from that point on the rest of the quarter, he's just like a total asshole. And it sucks. Cause like maybe 10 minutes before that, there's this beautiful scene where they're playing strip basketball. And it's like, we can't even hold on to that moment before it all comes crumbling no. down. Um, which, Almost. and, and so I, in, my, in my notes, I called it the petty hour. Cause he just starts doing a whole <laughs> bunch of like petty shit. Like he's so petty. It's like such petty dude <laughs> shit. It's yeah. like, so 
And it's so familiar and gross. And I'm just like, I hate this. I made a list. I made a list of all the petty shit he did because it's so much. So quickly. <laughs> um, what what happened in the petty hour? Tell us. So actually, I didn't even write everything, but I'm going to I'm going to I remember the rest of it. But whatever. <laughs> he ignores her starting spot, which is so fucked up. Like when her plate, her teammate comes up to him at the party. And he's like, aren't you proud of your girl? She wants starting spot. And he's like, cool, I'm going to get a beer. It's like, what the fuck? Like, that is such bullshit. When uh, she's like, don't you want to hang out? Like, or I I can come by, you know, I can come by your room later. Like, I have to celebrate with my team, but I'll come by your room later. He's like, nah, I got curfew. Like, so petty. Mm. So So petty. petty. So petty. He literally dropped out of the NBA because he was mad at his, or dropped out of college to go to the NBA because he's mad at his dad. Like, that's what shaped that decision primarily. He was like, my dad wants me so to. Petty. My dad wants me to stay in college. Fuck him. I'm just gonna go to Fuck the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when and when his dad and when his dad and when his dad's like, I can't let you do this. He's like, I thought can't wasn't in a man's vocabulary. Like he's just literally been petty. storing. He's literally been storing these zingers like in his head, and he's just like ready to unleash them on the world. It's such bullshit. <gasps> then when he takes that hoe to Burger King, like <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. He takes a Burger King. That's the worst. That was the that worst. Was the worst. He, and, then, and then when he's like, worst. oh, you want to come, Monica? You want to come while I take this other girl out on a date? <laughs> like, horrendous. Horrendous. And when, you know, she tries to make amends and she's like, I thought you would understand this because like you play basketball too. He's like, if basketball's all you care for, why are you boning me? Why don't you bone Dick Vitale? And she's like, what? And then he escalates even further when she's like, she says something I can't remember and he's like I'm not asking for us to be together and it's like what he just like breaks up with her outside of their dorm room it's just like such bullshit he's so petty it's such bullshit and it's like and to be honest like the rest of the film is, is just this supposed to be like this you know the way we worship where it's like their lives move on but they haven't left but they haven't forgotten about each other or whatever but it's like their window of love was so brief like you know like yeah like yeah. the, they had the summer between high school and college, maybe half of that freshman year, yeah. and then their lives drift apart. But then she spends the rest of yeah. her life, like until they reunite, like wanting, right. wanting that again. I'm like, right, and and clearly like not dating really because they, yeah. they cut to her in Spain playing professionally like overseas. And um, she runs into, you know, her former college teammate, right? Who's, who's so gay. So um, <laughs> who's so gay and so hot, like, as is, like, every fucking person she plays basketball <laughs> in the film. I just feel so gay. Like, during all those ro- locker room scenes, I'm like, I'm a huge dyke. Um, <laughs> yeah. So she runs, like, they go out to dinner because they end up in a, because her, her former college mate is playing in it for, for an Italian team. She's playing for for Spain's team. They go up against each other and then they go and get dinner afterwards. And her friend is basically like, yeah, like basically something to the degree of like, you must be cleaning up here because like, you know, yeah. in, in Italy, like they love bla- they love black women. And um, which is true. You know, I can attest to that whole separate. It is true. It is true. And in, and, in, no, and, and in Spain, like same exact thing. Like every yeah. time I went out with my friend Chantel, like she was yeah. like beating them off with a fucking <laughs> stick. And it was adorable. <laughs> like, it was really cute. Yeah, it's true. Um, 
Yeah, she had, she had a great time in Spain. But like, she, yeah, she's basically like, yeah, you must be beating him off with a stick just like I am in Italy. And Monica is like, not really. <laughs> it's just this very like, I'm still like holding a fucking torch for Q, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, come on, girl. Yeah. Come on. Which is part come of the on. problem with the film. Because it's like, in order for the tr- for the film to have its intended weight, she's supposed to still be held on this like pedestal of like pure womanhood you know purity and womanhood where like her only romantic yeah. experience is cute he ostensibly went out yeah. and followed down his father's blazing trails of just like beating off hose at his door with a stick and fucking them <laughs> both doing both and um yeah. and then you know and that's just sowing his royal oats or whatever and then like you know she's supposed to just like hold out for her one true love it's like such bullshit yeah, he's the only guy she's ever been with in the film, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh God, yeah, you're right. That is um, that is problematic. Why else do people hate this film? Well, I mean, I can tell you why I've come to like be like, this is some bullshit. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's let's just for the listeners make sure they know two things. So, in the aftermath of college, he does go to the NBA. He has an early injury that like, si- oh, that, that, that like that like si- sidelines like, his career. And that kind of is one of the reasons why Monica comes home. Well, she like realizes that she's like alone and lonely, you know, pursuing her pre WNBA dreams, you know, which at the time meant if you wanted to keep playing, you had to play for these professional teams in Europe. Um, So she comes home. And so his injury in some ways like reunites them because she wants to check on him and see if he's doing okay. But in all of the midst of that, she realizes she still loves him. He's now engaged to be married to Tyra Banks. Not, oh my god not that that totally should, forgot about not, not that that should matter <laughs> not that you know america's next top model should matter but like he's engaged <laughs> to tyra banks and monica's like i gotta let him know i love him before it's too late so she like she like knocks on his door in the middle of the night because i guess he was spending the night at his mom's house and knocks on his window in the middle of the night and she basically gives him an ultimatum like we'll play for your heart and if i lose i'll give you a wedding present and she says wedding which really annoys me she doesn't say the g <laughs> she doesn't say the g and i'm like are you from the south somali then like what is happening like she just like drips drifts into this southern accent all of a sudden. <laughs> i'll buy you a wedding present <laughs> she says it just oh like that it's like what is happening um and he's like, and then and then and then she's like, what? So what? You gonna bitch up? And he's like, what? That what's that supposed to be? Some psychology? <laughs> Such a dumb scene. Anyway, they take to the court. It is a dumb scene. I they they take that. to the dumb. They take to the court. He hasn't really. He's he, he he he's still fucking in rehab. Like his knee is not okay. And oh yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you're gonna play for his heart. Meanwhile, like he can't play the way he used to. So understandably, yeah. she goes up like three zip, you know, easily, right. like really easily. Then he gets pissed <laughs> off, takes off his brace and she starts like, yes, you know, throwing jabs, saying some shit, you know, talking smack or whatever to him. And uh, but th- but, you know, I guess she got she like stirred up his competitive spirit again. So he starts playing to win. He does win, meaning she owes him now a wedding present. And their love is no more. But then as she walks away, looking defeated, he turns around and goes, double or nothing. And then she's like, oh, my God, he must want my heart back, too. And then we're all supposed to swoon. 
Meanwhile, it's like he's fucking engaged. <laughs> like, like what? And I think um, it didn't do good things for my psyche. Like it, it definitely like until recently made me feel entitled to love just working out the way I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like fuck a boundary. Yeah. Like fuck an ex of mine. Right. Like being in, betrothed to somebody else. Like if I want them, I'm just I, sh- I I'm entitled to tell them because like fuck a boundary. There's it's just, a lot of that. It's just like trash in, in movies and TV. It's really yeah. bad. It's it's not a good message, and it's something that thankfully I think there's a there's a little more awareness of like now. Um, but yeah, forever. Like especially. Um, I feel like especially there's the gender re- reversed version of that. Like, that's a fucking trope, you know, like mm-hmm. a man has to like we- wear the woman down, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like she'll keep saying no. And, and the whole point is to like wear her down until she says yes. And then it's like an achievement, you know, just like, no, how about she says no? And you just fucking listen and right. like find somebody else, right. you know, like what? And yes, yeah, the same, same, and it kind of goes back to what we were saying about about uh, Monica, like not moving on after, like that's kind of romanticized that she doesn't move on for like what, like several years, yeah, after they break up, yeah, like seven, you know? like like, seven, she, like, she, like they're in their like mid twenties yeah. at this point, so like yeah, like seven, yeah, like, like seven years, yeah. yeah, yeah. What the fuck? That's not romantic. That's like really unhealthy and like not good for her, and she deserves better. Yeah. And they yeah. didn't really resolve any of their issues. Like, no, not at all. It's literally like cut to them having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and then there's all these issues that weren't fully explored between like her relationship with her mother. Like they really tried to like trouble yeah. traditional gender roles with the fight she started to get into her get into with her mother into adulthood. Like she slaps her. No, she says something really rude to her mother and her mother slaps her at a certain point. Oh, like, fucked up. Yeah. There's just like a lot that doesn't get fully explored. Um, yeah. And because, and and, it, and looking back, it feels like feminism, like 2.0. Like, I feel like we're mm-hmm, understandably, definitely. not understandably, but I feel like now we're supposed to be in a place that's like post-feminist, which is like to say a woman who chooses traditional gender roles, like should also not be yeah. shamed, shamed for those choices. Exactly. Exactly. But at the, but, and the, Monica but, but like but totally at the time, shames her for it. Yeah. But at the time... We're supposed to see Monica's version of feminism, like as like the better feminism, as the exactly, yeah, because it's exactly. like because because feminism in that phase of it was just like ooh, like women can do everything, boys can do better, right? <laughs> yeah, so it's just right, yeah, right. And if you're if you are a homemaker, it's not by choice; it's because you know you haven't like explored all of your options, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you haven't been bold enough to explore all your options, which is not true. My my biggest beef with this film is a thing that is a major pet peeve of mine, which I think you know, because I used to say it all the time when we were younger. But this film breaks my cardinal rule of oh, say, filmmaking. Say, oh, sorry. Is they say the yeah, they say, yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to they say, say the title. <laughs> they say the title not once, but twice. Right. Um, all's fair in love and basketball like baby basketball, they, say, they, right? they, they say it when they're like hooking up you know with that sexy game in college where they like play strip basketball when's the second time i think it's the game for the heart like at the end 
All's fair. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. He says at the end, all fairs in love and basketball. Yeah. And I was like, you didn't need that. But he also says that. it. But he like, also says get... it. But he also says it then to be petty. Like, he's petty as fuck. Yes. Like, he's like, remember that time we had sex in college and you said, all's fair in love and basketball, baby? And it was seductive. <laughs> now I'm going to throw that back in your right. face. <laughs> like, right. It's always, it always blows my mind that women are painted, like, stereotypically as being petty and, like, emotional. digging shit up from, like, years before. Because, yeah. like, in my experience, like, nah. <laughs> in my experience, it's dudes that'll dig some shit up from, like, 20 years ago. Like, uh, in the in the last, like, 10 minutes that we have, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about our darling Omar, who is also a Brooklyn boy. Oh, yes. And that's who just... you have, like... You have a few degrees of separation from. You have you have few degrees of separation from Omar Epps. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So mm. at this time, 2000, I was obsessed. I mean, I mean, you know, people that know me know this. I was obsessed with Omar Epps. I thought I thought he was the sexiest black man to ever walk the earth. Maybe even the sexiest man to walk the earth. And it's so crazy because just a few years before that, I was obsessed with Leonardo DiCaprio. And they could not be more different in their masculinity. It's like, what? <laughs> Like, that's very true like what like my, obviously my heart was all over the fucking place but omar epps did permanent damage like i mean i feel like once you go black you know you don't go back or whatever they say <laughs> and um and uh, i think that is what they say that is what they say and it was so true it was so true as a matter of fact, one of my first He's so beautiful. One of my first serious boyfriends, um, ha- ha- like was similar height to Omar Epps, similar complexion, like um, similar like physique. Um, he played soccer, and he used to wear a gold chain, um, like Omar Epps does in Love and Basketball. And so I was like, I got my Omar. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that was happening. It's kind of crazy how like. <laughs> It's kind of crazy how like celebrities and actors that you have crushes on can totally inform your dating life. Yeah, because I've definitely done that too. It's yeah. so fucked up. It is fucked up. to my detriment. I have done. I have done that. Yeah, no, I, um, same. It wasn't. It didn't work out. I'm still single <laughs> to this day. So clearly, that was not the right way to choose a partner. But no. Um, to your point, his mom for a long time and may even still be was a minister at the church I grew up in in Brooklyn. Did I do something stupid? Like have my parents? Make sure he like wrote me some. Didn't that happen? Like maybe I like, like I, don't, I, I, I feel I feel like at my uh-huh. high school graduation, like maybe my parents asked her to like get him to autograph something for me. I feel like that happened. Oh, because I because I feel like I was because I feel like I was fucking obsessed like a crazy bitch. But um, <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought one day we would be together, and really, it's his eyes. Um, his, his eyes have it. Um, they do. They sure do. His eyes have everything. Yeah, his eyes. Really, um, really do they're it gorgeous. for me. They and they're really very do soulful. It for me. And it's interesting because, like, I think as much as I felt like I was accepting of my own sexuality in high school, like it was really only rewatching Love and Basketball this time, where I was like, I definitely actively suppressed how attracted I am to Sonalathan in this film. Because, <laughs> like, I only gave space for my love for Omar Epps, and to your point, it's very much a love for both of them. They are both hot as fuck. They are hot together. They are hot apart. Yeah, it's a it's a feast. It's a feast for bisexual eyes for sure. Yeah, I mean, and as you know, like when I like when I am attracted to women, I'm attracted to women who are more androgynous or like have more um, like traditionally masculine presenting um, style choices. You know, fashion style choices, all of it. 
Yeah. And so for me, quarter two is is it for me because she's like off the charts, <laughs> just like spiking high ma- like high masculine energy. But you mm-hmm. know, she's hot the whole film. She's a hottie. I haven't seen Sanaa in a while. What's she up to? I haven't seen. Her I don't know. But there really. was all this gossip about her a couple of years back because she like was at some party and she like hit on Beyonce or something and was high. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was Wait, like, is she? It, it was is like, she it, married? What's no, her situation? She's not married. But she, there was some. There was some gossip about her because she like was high at this party. I think, and it was like a blind. Wow. What do they used to call those? Blind, blind item. Blind item blind or whatever. Item. <laughs> yeah. Love that shit. Yeah. Love it. That's that's where like all the queer, oh, all so the queer Lathan, rumors go. So now Lathan <laughs> bit Beyonce's face. <laughs> like that's what it says. And, and, and Tiffany Haddish is the one who like put the blind item in the media. What? Right, and you know it's up. true because Good Morning America <laughs> has it on their website. <laughs> like what? And honestly, that might have been career ruining. Like, how do that. you come back from biting Beyonce's face? <laughs> like you don't. Like, <laughs> um, so not if it's true, I forgive you, and we could still be together. So, <laughs> okay. As a, I'll be shunned. I'll be shunned from the beehive. I was about forever. to say I'm in the beehive, so it's like if that's how this is gonna go, our like 25 year friendship will be ending, which is so fucked up. <laughs> All because Sana bit Beyonce's face. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. What okay. are we talking about next time? R.L. Stein. <laughs> R.L. Stein speaking of like formative media that probably like also damaged me (laughs) I haven't I haven't gone back to read it yet I know you have and you've already warned me that it's like chauvinistic as fuck it's gross it is gross not looking forward to it not looking forward to it but also looking forward to it all right y'all we'll see you next week bye bye